just when you think, this is it. I've done it. I've finished my CV. And you're getting ready to do that happy dance. You know the one. The one that Carlton does from the Fresh Prince back in the day. Here I come along with an episode about how to improve your CV. Not quite done yet. Stay tuned for some tips. This is Dive Into Your Career, the podcast designed to help students like you take impactful steps towards your career goals. I'm Gina Visram, a qualified careers coach and consultant who is so proud to be your careers cheerleader. You are in the right place if you are a determined student or the proud supporter of one. Here, you will embrace career development in a unique spirit of fun, not fear. Let's dive in. Welcome to this episode of the Dive Into Your Career podcast. I'm your host, Gina Visram, and as always, I am delighted that you are here. If you are on the journey from education to employment, you are absolutely in the right space. And likewise, if you are a supporter of somebody who is in that space, you are equally welcome. Today's episode is about 10 ways to improve your CV or resume. Before we get going, I think it's important to describe what a CV is. CV is Latin for course of life. So ultimately, it's a written overview of someone's life's work. Now, here in the UK, when we talk about a resume, we describe it in a very similar way. We don't normally talk about many differences, apart from the fact that resumes tend to be one page and CVs tend to be two. However, I am aware that in the US there is a school of thought that there is a difference and a resume is more like what you use to get a job and a CV can be more specific to certain industries. So that is sometimes perceived as a difference, but these aren't consistent definitions. So ultimately, it's important for you to make sure that you know what it is that is required by the organisation that you are applying to. Certainly in the UK, there isn't really much difference apart from the length of the document, in my experience. So now that we know what it is, and now that you know that it is what you are using, and you know the background of where the word has come from in the Latin, because that can really help, it is now time to get going on the 10 ways to improve your CV. Number one, have clearly signposted sections and always make sure that your most recent opportunity is first. So that is ensuring that you are writing in reverse chronological order, what you are doing now and then what you did before now and then what you did before that. This, in my view, is one of the absolutely fundamental kind of basic rules of a CV 
but sometimes I still see that rule being broken. So because it is an absolute foundation, this feels like an important place to start. I should also mention that there are differences. Sometimes there is the option of doing a skills-based CV, but I have to say it's not an approach that I have particularly gotten my head around myself, and it's not something that I generally recommend that people do. If you are curious, however, do just Google skills-based CV and see how that feels for you. Make sure that in your clear signposting, you are including things like IT skills and languages, if that is relevant for you, and honours and achievements, as well as the more obvious things like education and qualifications, work experience or relevant experience and additional experience, depending on how it is that you want to phrase that. So make sure that whatever headings you use, they are really nice and clear. Number two, as I have already said, make it two pages or less. There are some industries like consulting and banking, which tend to prefer the one page resume version of doing things. And often, if that is the case, certainly in the UK, that will be specified. But that's important for you to remember. Apart from that, two is generally the standard. The exception that I can think of is a CV for a particularly academic position or academic opportunity. And often when you are quite advanced in your academia, for example, if you're applying for a PhD, because if a CV needs to be included for that application, it is important that it also includes your publications as well. And so as a result, that can be a fairly hefty list and that can become a third page of a CV. Apart from that, it really is important to go for two pages or less. Number three, this is a very opinionated one <laughs> for me because everybody does this differently, but it makes so much sense in my head, in my world, that I'm going to share it with you. <laughs> Number three, I would say with your formatting, put your dates on the right hand side. And there's a reason for that. I think that because certainly in English and in most other languages, most of the languages that I can think of except for Arabic, but I suspect there are others, we read from left to right. And when it comes to your CV and what it is that you've done and what your accomplishments are, I would argue that it is more important to see what it is that you have done and then when you've done it, as opposed to when you've done something and then what it is. So that is my argument really for positioning the dates on the right hand side. So it's certainly not a hard and fast rule, but it is something that I would suggest for improving your CV. Number four, make sure you are talking about accomplishments, not tasks right? Accomplishments, not tasks. What have you achieved? Now, when I think about the difference between accomplishments and tasks, the best way that I can think to describe it is that if you are writing down tasks in the bullet points on your CV, 
It means that whether you did the job, whether I did the job, whether your neighbour did the job, whether your best friend did the job, no matter who it is that is doing the job, those bullet points would be the same. Why? Because it's like a job description, right? You are listing the tasks that are expected of anybody doing that role. But in your CV, that's not what we're looking for. That's not what we're talking about. In your CV, it's important that it is, what are your accomplishments as a result of being in the role? So it is about a lot of specificity, really. So if you are in the exec committee of one of your university societies and you, I don't know, if, if, one, of your, if one of your tasks was to organize events to raise money for charity, right? One of the ways that you could write the bullet point on your CV is just as I've said, right? Organize events to raise money for charity. Now, that is a job description, a task type bullet point. What I would suggest is that you are far more specific and you say something like, organized three events over the course of six months, raising £10,000 for two charities, including Save the Children and Freedom Charity, right? So you get my drift. It's really about being very specific. And that leads to my number five, which is use metrics. Use numbers wherever possible. So if you are involved in supporting a society or an organization with social media, think about what the numbers were before and after you got involved, right? If you are involved in sales, then again, look at before and after. Now with something like sales, I know it's easier to find metrics than with other things. But for a number of things that we do, there are metrics that you can use. And even if it isn't metrics in terms of improvements and all of that, then remember what I just said about being really specific. If you've organized a conference, how many attendees were there from how many institutions or how many countries? What was the theme of the conference, right? These are all things that you can be thinking about when you are looking at what we've talked about in terms of number four, accomplishments, not tasks, and number five, use metrics and numbers wherever possible. In fact, one of my new contacts that I recently met in Clubhouse, Mallory Rothstein, she posted recently that your resume is focused on impact, including a lot of metrics. So this is one of the things that she's really said is important. And she was talking about if you are applying for a job at Google, because she is also an admin business partner from Google. So uh, that is one of the things that she said, you know, if you're applying to Google, make sure that your resume is focused on impact, including a lot of metrics. 
And so this is one of the things that I've talked about in points four and five. And I think she captured it really nicely in terms of what she said there, including using the word impact, because that's what it's about. Number six, tailor it. Use keywords. If the organization that you're applying to mentions collaboration, then say collaboration as opposed to teamwork. If they are talking about problem solving, if they are talking about relationship building, whatever it is that they are talking about, use the relevant and matching terms in your CV. That is something that is really important. Don't make it difficult for them to figure out whether you are potentially the right candidate for this role, right? Whatever it is that you're applying for. Because if you can be factual, of course, always, but in your choice of words, if you can be mirroring the words and the competencies that they are looking for, that will certainly improve your CV. Number seven, include links where possible. I am a huge advocate of the importance of creating content and the importance of getting your own content out there without gatekeepers in whatever industry it is that you're in telling you that you're in, we're giving you the job. And so you wait until that moment to, to, to participate in the industry. Right. So again, as I think I say in every episode, that is an episode in its own right that we will be talking about. But hopefully to give you some very clear examples, I'm a firm believer in if you are interested in being a journalist or an author, write, create, create content, create podcasts, have a blog. If you are interested in game design, design a game. If you are interested in web design, design a website, use GitHub, like get on there and really experiment with coding and all sorts of things. So you can really kind of demonstrate your abilities and learning in that area. If you're interested in fashion design, create, draw, have a portfolio. You do not need to wait for somebody in your industry to invite you in for a job before you do these things. So then that leads to what I said in terms of number seven, which is include links whenever possible. And that refers to all of these things, the websites that you've created or the articles that you've written for your university newspaper or your school blog, if it is available then link to it. Number eight, remove references. There was a time where at the bottom of CVs, it would have your actual references written. And even now, you could say references available upon request, but generally, that's not something that is done anymore. So you can take that off, save the real estate of your page for the information that you want to share. Number nine, make it ATS compliant. Now, this is more relevant for some industries than others, but because we don't know who is using ATS necessarily, it feels safer to just make sure that your CV is ATS compliant. What is ATS? It is applicant tracking software. 
And what that means to you and me is the use of artificial intelligence to sift through a CV or a resume before a human being even sees it, right? And when it comes to the sifting of the resumes, it looks for certain things. It looks for certain keywords, which is what we've discussed before. Sometimes it will be closely aligned to the job application, what the job description and person specification says. And then it will do some kind of match and it will help the organisation to establish which CVs go forward. So there's a lot more on this online, like with anything, if you want to look it up. But what I can tell you from the latest in terms of what I understand is that applicant tracking systems don't like tables. They don't like images. So you really want your CV to be simple. So I'm including that as part of this tip, right? Make your CV simple and it will become far more readable for these systems where organizations are using them and they are becoming increasingly popular. And number 10 is believe in yourself. CVs are about I, not we, even if you worked within a team, right? You can always phrase things in an appropriate way. So as an early careers person, you don't sound like you're single-handedly responsible for the business increasing its turnover by 30% in the time that you did a summer internship. (laughs) But it is really important that you are referring to things in a way that it is clearly referring to you, as opposed to lots of people. And that said, of course, the important thing as well is to remember that you don't actually use the word I in a CV. So even though you're thinking about yourself and your individual accomplishments, CVs need to be written in a way that you're not using the word I as part of the bullet points in your sentences. So that has been 10 ways to improve your CV. I hope that was useful for you. And I want you to remember that CVs are always a work in progress. So they never are entirely done necessarily, especially if you are at the job searching stage and you're making sure that you are tailoring your CV each time, making those tweaks as is necessary to more closely align with the role that you are applying to. Best of luck with it. It always feels so good when you can get that first template CV done, right? That one which is just done and then from there you're going to be tailoring it each time and the process gets a little bit faster from there. Take care of yourself. I look forward to speaking to you again soon and best of luck in improving those CVs. Bye. Thank you for listening today. To keep up to date with Dive Into Your Career, leave your details on bit.ly forward slash dive into the list. See you soon.